I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. What's driving Russia's action in Ukraine? It can be tough to say, 100%, but there are some important stories that you may have missed that could give us a window into what happens next in all of this. Of course, we've been keeping a close eye on what is happening. Clearly, Russia is at minimum repositioning uh, around and slightly away from the Ukrainian uh, capital city of Kiev. Uh, and as we watch that, of course, uh, there's, there's a lot of implications there. Are they just repositioning? Uh, are they just going to go back at it uh, in Ukraine's capital city? Is this a slight lull? What, what are they actually doing there and why? Uh, and so those are all the, the headlines. Uh, do they have, do, does Ukraine have what they need in terms of, uh, of equipment and uh, arms and so on? Uh, refugees we continue to watch as well. But there's some interesting underlying things that I think we've been missing just a little bit uh, in the early days of the sanctions. Uh, of course, everyone immediately looked, and President Biden uh, called out the fact that the the ruble, the Russian ruble, had dropped in value uh, to its lowest point uh, in uh, in decades and decades, maybe ever, and that it was you know becoming worthless. Well, now we're... 30 days in, and did you know that the Russian ruble is at its high point against the dollar in the last 30 days? And it's close to its high point from this time last year. Uh, so that's something. So as we look at the effect of the sanctions, uh, are they still having the same kind of sting and bite that it appeared they would have early on? Again, the the Russian ruble tumbled early uh, and now it's basically back to, to where it was uh, prior to the invasion. Stock market is up in Russia. And uh, an interesting thing, it was actually able to pay an interest on one of its uh, euro bonds. This is the third time in a row it's, it's done its uh, since sanctions were imposed. So uh, they're, they're keeping their debts going. They're servicing their, their debts. So as the, the Russian ruble uh, went up again, uh, 7% to 83 now. So it's 83 rubles to the dollar in Moscow on Tuesday. And so that makes you ask the question, okay, uh, something changed. It fell and now it's now it's recovered. So what does that look like and what does that actually mean? Uh, so that's an important thing. Um Russia obviously switched to rubles for gas export payments and exporting firms uh, being mandated to cover or convert 80% of their foreign currency into rubles. So there's some things that Russia is doing to try to uh, manipulate the system there to make it better for the ruble and for their economy. As I mentioned, Russian stocks were trading uh, in curtailed sessions. Uh, they were suspended for a while. Uh, and with various restrictions, they're, they're moving back towards that. So that's an interesting development as well. We talked about the Eurobond test. So they're actually making those payments, which they need to, to do. They've done that for the third time since uh, the fighting broke out. Uh, also interesting, and this is one that has been uh, really underreported. And this was from last week. The Russian finance minister met with representatives of 
We call it the BRICS nations, B-R-I-C-S, the emerging economies of Brazil, India, China, and South Africa. So the BRICS nations. Uh, and they held these meetings in Russia. So let's think about that for a minute. So you've got these emerging economies, Brazil, India, China, and South Africa, meeting in Russia just last week. Uh, according to an official Russian Twitter account, they discussed strengthening strategic partnerships and promoting the dialogue between those nations. Uh, I think that's a significant development. Uh, those uh, economies, obviously, uh, are connected with Russia in some way, and Vladimir Putin clearly trying to strengthen that, uh, hosting a summit of sorts there of the BRICS nation. Uh, another story you may have missed entirely, India. India is buying Russian oil at a discount. So as we talk about sanctions, we talk about what's impacting Vladimir Putin's ability to fund his invasion of Ukraine. Uh, India is now contributing to that, uh, and it's been a good deal for India because they're buying Russian oil at a deep discount. Uh, here's another story that you may have missed. Uh, Saudi Arabia actually wants to buy oil, keep our eye on as well. And so this is just an example of how we get uh, so myopically focused on one thing that we often ignore a lot of signals, a lot of subtleties, a lot of nuances that should inform decision making, uh, our perception of how things are going or what is being accomplished. And ultimately, that leads to outcomes. And that is why we have to go beyond the headlines. We always talk about the think again moments. Uh, I think if you uh, did a poll today and asked the American people, uh, how are the sanctions impacting the value of the Russian ruble? Uh, my guess is you'd probably get 80 or 90 percent who would say, oh, it's devastated the ruble. And that was true several weeks ago. Uh, but now the ruble is back to as strong or stronger than it was before and almost to its strongest all time. And so that should cause us to say, OK, what worked? What didn't? How did Vladimir Putin either bake this into his planning or how is he working around the system? And is there another loophole that uh, somehow has been found or something that has been done uh, to to uh, lessen or soften the impact? Uh, conversations between these uh, BRIC nations uh, talking about their alliance together. The fact that that was held in Russia uh, is a very interesting signal. Uh, obviously, we focused a lot on the unity of the NATO nations and the European nations. Uh, and now it looks like there's a, an alliance uh, that's strengthening and developing amongst Brazil, India, China, and South Africa. So, as always, it's just about making sure we go past the headlines. We have to think again on a whole host of things, not just internationally, and probably more importantly, we have a whole lot of, thing, of things to rethink about right here at home. All right, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Hour number two coming up after top of the hour news. Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.